0: Hey, um, there's been so many good things uh, happening, uh, and we're praying one for another. How many of you realize that prayer is being answered? It may not be answered the the way you want it to be, but it's the answer of God that's best for us. That's how I like to look at it. Um, Seth, I just remembered, uh, remind me to talk to you after service. Um, So uh, one of the things that I've been really thinking about is how God has given us so much. And we're learning a lot about sin, aren't we? You know, how it operates, where it, how it comes into play with us. And um, you say, um, well, you know, we're ultimately we shouldn't have any sin. But remember, sin is going to be present in your world. You know, that's what you have to overcome, okay? It's going to be present in your world, but you don't have to partake of it. You don't have to, you know, put yourself in it, whatever. We have to cease from sin that that's the thing we have to cease from those things that lead us into sin you know that and that's going to be with your thought and your heart those are things that lead you into it you know um sometimes there's an emotion that comes forth maybe an emotion of anger hate whatever it is and then because of that you feel justified of going into a sin concerning those things that hurt your feelings you know so, you know, we know that's how it works sometimes, huh? Well, that's going to be like, well, that, maybe I need to do this. Well, you want to get into something that, where you feel justified, you know, and being able to be, you know, hateful, angry, or whatever. So, um, emotions are a tricky thing, guys. I, I, I tell us, um, don't, don't make decisions, don't jump into doing anything toward anything when you're in the midst of an emotional roller coaster, because that doesn't work, does it? How many have found out that that doesn't work? It doesn't work. Uh, Calm down. Pray. Ask God to show you, give you some guidance right in the midst of all of that. And uh, and he will do that. Um, There are times that um, um, as we go through life, we are going to be tried from within and without. Within is going to be those spirits. huh? Sometimes without, it could be people carrying those spirits that are coming to you. (laughs) so we're going to be tried within and without isn't that true that's why we have to love one another you know we have to show love forth uh the way we're supposed to um my family is the family of god it says of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named right it's named after who named after christ isn't it aren't you part of the the sons of god aren't you the what Jesus, the, the anointed one, is? Are you supposed to be anointed also? Well, yeah. And if you don't feel like you're anointed, come on, let's get in this thing and learn about it. The only time you're going to feel like you are not is because you do not understand that you are or that it's in you. So let's talk about those things and we'll find out. You know, I'm very happy for the things that have happened here. And I'm going to mention a couple of things. Uh, there's some when Gary was here, I heard you guys mentioning that. But well, there's some specific things that he did for Evelyn, some specific things he did for Seth. And there are probably specific things he did for everybody while he was here in, in the talking and so forth. But um, but there's some things that uh, I'm especially, especially happy for because it's going to make a change that's going to continue from then all the way, all the way out. It's going to continue. It's going to be something that's going to continually work now. That's to me, that's why, you know, it's going to been a a true healing. It started, now it's going to continually work. It doesn't go backwards. It doesn't stop. It continually works. So another way of saying that is that um, when you realize certain things, like there may be things you realize in something he said to you, Sessie, or maybe something that he said to, you know, you, Jacob, or whatever, that means that we've gone from a certain level in God, we've gone higher now. We've gone higher in the understanding, uh, higher in our will uh, to want to do the things of God. You know, we how many of you get when you hear the word of God preached and the truth of it comes forth, Hey, Lord, I want to do better. I want to I want to really get in there and do what you want me to do. I want to be the servant you're calling on. I want to be that servant. You know, now there are things, of course, that can interfere with that. And uh, nine times out of 10, it's a thought that comes to try to a spirit that tries to come to knock you off the path or distract you or whatever But let's hold on to these things, you know Um, um we hold on with all of our might to things that we love here in this world You know, we say, okay, I got to hold on to this going to that I have a goal I have this but let's hold on to the things of God because you know what our goal is there To be like him to make it to his kingdom. There's a goal um, And what we want to do we want to hold on till we reach that. Okay, now, there's some things that Dan said this last week about sin. I just think they're just excellent the way he put it. You know what? Some of those things I'm listening to him speak and I said, gosh, those things have been said before, but the way he put it and explained it made it different. Now, this is something that. Um, how can I put it there, You know, we have the fivefold ministry. You know, we have the apostle, the, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, all of those things. Right. But. There are some people that are, are really good at certain areas of that fivefold ministry. Dan is a teacher. Man, what a teacher. Do you see all the stuff, how he put everything together in the, in the things for Alive for Us and for the classroom? You know, it's all in an order, isn't it? It's very orderly. It's very, you just read it, and it takes you through each thing. It's, it's powerful to be a good teacher. Then it's powerful to be a good evangelist. I love Gary because I know that's what he's doing. He evangelizes, man, he evangelizes the soul. You know, with people, the old evangelism used to say, oh, go around from church to church and we're going to have revival for a week, you know, or whatever. Well, you're coming to the people already in church. (laughs) Let's, Let's revive some people that don't know anything about God, huh? Let's bring them to a place where they can be resurrected and get into some good thought, you know. But the evangelist now, man, he just, he touches the heart. He touches the very spirit of the kingdom of God in you you know, and brings those things alive in you. And that's what he's been doing. Uh, You know, pastors, uh, teachers, apostles, you just think about all the stuff that Rick did for us to bring us to the place that we're at. I don't think any of these churches or any of the people that went in would be where they're at if it wasn't for what he had started, you know, what what God did. And we had a great, uh, the only way I can put it, We had a great distraction for a while. It actually was more than a distraction. It was actually the devil trying to divide the church. But he even took us through that, you know, and brought us out of that, you know, and and brought us to a place where we could be one church, one mind, one strength together. And because of the teaching, because of the love that he had toward the body of Christ, because of the love he had for God himself to put himself out there and say, this is my life now. This is what I'm going to do. And now that is transferred to us, hasn't it? It's transferred to us in a way that we say, I want to go higher. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to fulfill the will of God in prophecy for what God has asked us to do. And uh, so Dan talked about sin. And this thing is, you, you're, you know, uh, even the world still says, I'm a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> That's like the alcoholic guy comes and says, hey, my name is Ted and I'm an alcoholic. Are you you're going to continue to confess that, that that's what you are after you've come off of those things and you have been sobered five years? Okay, good. You're no longer that other guy. You know what I mean? But to keep confessing that. And let me tell you what that is. It's just like what the high priest used to do. And they every year they had to offer the, you know, the sacrifices for the people and so forth. But that in it was a remembrance of sin. That's what it was. But that's the way it had to be done then. You know why? Have you ever thought about why it was done that way? It wasn't like God telling them, you, you have to remember your sin every year. Think about this. Or was it because the flesh was weak and they weren't keeping it anyway? That was, that, they were being reminded because, you know, this is the thing that gets bad about that type of thing. Um, you come in and you, you bring your lamb for your sacrifice or whatever it is that you're bringing. And you're already set that what you're going to do next week or the next month or whatever. And then I can bring another one and cover that again. And you notice that's what the, how they put it back then. It atoned for it. It kind of covered the sin, didn't it? What we wanted was the remission of sin, the taking away of sin, taking as far as the east is from the west. We want that done away with. We want to be rid of it. We don't want these spirits to continue to be the way they are. What we want to do is to be able to overcome them and say, now that thing has been overcome. Let's go to the next one. We're going to overcome sin. We are not sinners. We may fall into sin. There may be things that will happen in there, but that doesn't make you a practicing sinner. It's as simple as that. People have to start getting that in their minds. That's if you're based on the truth. If you understand the truth of God as, as the things that are being preached now, you understand that truth, you know that we've gone higher. You think about where you were 10 years ago. Now think about where you're at now. We've gone higher. You see how that works? But in the in the incremental uh, times of that isn't one increment, another increment. You know, we're just, we don't see ourselves as being higher until you look back and say, "Oh my god, I am different. There are some things that I've learned since then." That's true all of us, every one of us. So we want to go higher. So what they had back then was the priest that offered for the people um, you know, every year remembrance of sin. Well, God already had a plan for that even back then now I want you to think about something there was a a a thing that happened with Abraham and remember the there was a set of five kings I think it was and they all you know it had to do with Sodom and Gomorrah remember when the kings went out there those and they fought the battle against the ones that that came and captured Lot Remember Lot and his whole family and all of that. And the city was taken and they were carried away. And as soon as the, the, the I'm leaving out some parts. As soon as the, the word got back to Abraham, Abraham gathered up all his servants. Now think about this. 318. 318 servants and said, we're going to go and get them back. Now we don't know how many people, but there were five kings and they were drunk. You think the numbers were much greater? Oh, much greater, but... Abraham said you know what I know God let's get my servants together 318 of course he fought with those other kings that that didn't like the idea of their cities being sacked too and stuff taken but he took his 318 divide them they went there by night divided half of them to go from one side to the other side did whatever the whole plan was they captured everything got lot back got all the stuff back from those other cities and came back if this is an amazing thing huh he got all of that back. He didn't hesitate. Didn't hesitate. Got his servants together and boom, went right after him. Okay? Now, this is what happened when way back from the slaughter of the kings. He ran into somebody. Can somebody tell me who he ran into? Melchizedek. Now, catch this. He runs into this guy. This guy comes out of nowhere. He runs into him on the way back. And there's something that's, I don't know if you want to call it, it's been misappropriated or missaid concerning this thing all the loot that they had coming back uh uh the king offered it to abraham he said you know here you you should take this because it was your people that actually won this battle and did everything your god and everything he said no i don't want one part of it not one part now we think all that loot was what he gave his 10 percent on it wasn't he gave his 10 percent on his possessions because if you read it he did that first before that king came down and said go read it before that king ever came and offered that to him he had already gave Melchizedek a tenth of what he owned what he had it's a very powerful thing already had done it It by the time that king came down and said hey you need to take all of this he said no I don't even want even one part of it you take it because then you will say that this is what made Abraham rich he said he didn't want to have any part of it so we've it's been taught differently than that you know that he didn't but no he did not accept it he said no you keep it to yourself or else that would say all the nations that were involved in all that around would say that that's how Abraham got rich no Abraham got rich and had much in cattle and land and all that stuff because he served God and he had that before he ever went after rescuing Lot it's a very powerful thing huh and and so he gave a tenth of that to Melchizedek now here's the thing that's funny about that uh Where did this man come from? Did he know him ahead of time? Now, I want you to think about this man's name, Melchizedek. It means king of righteousness. It also means king of peace. Okay? Um, King of Salem, which is peace. Really, that's Jerusalem. That's the peace, the city, the city of peace. So he was the king over the city of peace. That's what he is. And he's also a king of righteousness. Now, remember, he's a priest. So is he a priest and a king? Catch this? He's the pride priest, Melchizedek. Well, had the law been given for them to have high priests and tabernacles and all that stuff yet under Abraham's day? No. But he was already called the high priest. You know why? Because he was before, from the beginning. What did it say about him that was so unique? Somebody tell me, what was so unique about Melchizedek? He runs into this guy, and what happens? Doesn't he, don't they share bread and wine together? Almost, if you want to really take the first communion, even before there was law, he shared that with, he said, we're going to do this. And then at the time, Abraham said, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything I have, all of my possessions. And he did. So how did Abraham know that this man was someone to receive something like that? How did he know who this man was? This is very powerful, huh? Do you think because of his relationship with God that God showed him some things? Didn't he actually show Abraham the gospel in his day? Didn't the scripture say Abraham was given the gospel? You know, now we're thinking back when his faith started and so forth. I want you to listen to something here. Very powerful. I just thought it was interesting that we would just start looking and seeing some of this stuff and seeing what God is actually doing for us because he's doing the same thing for us. Starts off one way and we have one understanding and then God takes us higher. Okay? So listen to this. I just think it's... uh... So, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him now not only did he bless abraham he also blessed god he blessed god and he blessed abraham you see what does it mean to bless god how do you bless god anybody know what he's given you and also always put him sanctify him and put him first to whom also abraham gave a tenth part of all of all that he had First being interpretation, king of righteousness. After that, also king of Salem, which is king of peace without father, without mother. I love this. Without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life like a man has. OK, but made like unto the son of God, abideth a priest continually. And some uh, uh, variations says abideth a priest forever. Isn't that true? So what did Jesus come as? Did he come as a high priest? Is he a king? Didn't they say he's the king of the Jews? Is he a prophet? You see all this? And guess, by the way, guys, you know, Abraham's called a prophet. I don't know if you've ever read it. But when, remember when that king was going to take his wife because she was beautiful? He said she was my sister and so forth. That, that spirit bothered that king all night long. And God told him, he said, make sure you don't touch her. Make sure because she is the wife of a prophet and the king woke up next morning and said, why did you fool me? Why did you say she was your sister? So, well, he, she was. They both had the same father, Tara, just different mothers. But the thing was, why did you say she was your sister? You know, and your Lord has bothered me this night, and I'm going to lose my whole kingdom and everything else behind it, man, if I mess with this woman. He said, take your wife and go. <laughs> get get out of here. We're not going to do... He said, I said that because I thought you, know, you were going to do me harm. I'm a." lone man with my wife and family in your country i figured you know there would be much harm come to us you know because uh, it said sarah was very beautiful and so uh the thing was he said but no no he said take your wife and get man you know you're gonna cause us problems here and so uh, but the lord spoke to that king you see what i'm saying here for abraham's sake wasn't it very cool stuff uh so now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. Why did he do that? Gave him a tenth of them. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to their law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. So, what later on, when there was a law, God set it up that. Levites took care of all the business of the temple and so forth. And in order for them, they didn't get an inheritance like all the other tribes did. Their inheritance was to take care of the church, the tabernacle, and to serve the people. So that's why God said, give a tenth of what you have to them. That's going to be their livelihood. That's how they're going to make it. So all the tribes had to give them a tenth, which is a good idea. huh? That's the way it worked. And they ministered the things of the tabernacle and whatever. So here's the thing that's important about that. Back when all that started, by the time Moses did institute that law and everything, what happened was there were high priests, they were all chosen after the Aaronic priesthood, Aaron, you know, everything that followed his son and all the way down the line and others that they chose, Eliezer, all those other ones. So what happened was, is that those men were selected to become priests, but they eventually what had to do what? Die. Right? Right. They said, this one, this Melchizedek, no beginning of days, no end of days, no descent, no mother, no father. He abideth forever. And what did Christ come to do to be that priest after the order of Melchizedek? Because that's who it was to begin with. It's him that came and anointed and blessed Abraham because of Abraham's faith and because of him believing God. And so this is a prefigured Christ in the form of the priesthood that came to bless him well that priesthood never ended because it was from melchizedek we're not talking about a priesthood that's made of men those men died they received tithes they died uh paul talks about that you know the men today that receive tithes die but this man this man abideth ever forever to be the high priest well didn't dan mention to us didn't he make intercession for us when, when there is something that happens in your life and you happen to fall in the sin, do you have an advocate with the Father? See, is it formed after this Melchizedek, after the same order, the same type? Isn't that what Christ does for us? He always lives to make intercession for us. Isn't that how it works? So let's go to that 1 John chapter 2. I think we went there during that lesson last week. 1 John chapter 2, and I think it begins in verse 1. Yeah, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. So we're still talking about sin, right? And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father. Is this that mediator? Is this that that priest, that high priest after the order of Melchizedek, which is Christ? See, that was a foreshadow of something that was to come because Christ abides in that forever. He is the high priest forever. Is Christ a priest? Well, yeah. Is he a king? Is he a prophet? Is he an angel? You see how this works? It's all of those things. So that was a prefiguring of what Christ was going to do for us. So we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's good to know, huh? For the whole world. So this is what God tells us when we start thinking about going higher What we're going higher in is the knowledge and wisdom and understanding of him. We're also going to be kings and, you see how this line is going? started from Melchizedek. It went through that law and everything. Then it went to Jesus Christ. Now who does it come to? Us. We're kings and priests. Do you think you have to model that office? Do you think you have to fulfill that office? That's exactly, as Christ fulfilled it, You are going to fulfill it. You're going to fulfill it in your world. And you're going to fulfill it within the church. When we're all priests and we all do that which is right before God, will God accept our sacrifices? Will sin be overcome? You need to act like the king and priest in your world. Not only act like it, be it. The king and priest in your world. For whenever sin rears its ugly head, there's that intercessor working for you, and eventually you're going to be an intercessor. Are you not? But there's an an advocate with the Father so that if sin comes, you know you have that advocate. Well, our, our confidence has to be such that we know the advocate is there. We know the intercessor is there. Sometimes we don't think about that. What we start thinking about, oh, I messed up. I did something wrong. You're not even thinking about the advocate that's sitting there waiting for you to shut up so we can get this thing taken care of. You see how it works? You're so busy thinking about what you're doing and how you're going to handle things. That's not what God wants. You have an advocate with the Father that's waiting there to take you higher. But you're not looking at him. You're not listening to him. If you happen to fall into sin, that's it. You fell into it. You're not practicing sin, right? None of us should be sinners practicing that anymore now. If you are, And you still have an advocate. Let's get to the advocate. Let's get rid of that. That's what the high priest was. Let's make the sacrifice we need to make so those things will go where they need to go and you can go higher. Isn't that true? But if you happen to fall in that, you know you have an advocate. So isn't our confidence such that we have the advocate, we have the intercessor, and we can say, "Now, yeah, I fell in the sin. You got me that time. You know? But you know what? You ain't going to get me there no more. Because you know what? I have an advocate with the Father. I have an intercessor that can always take me from being in the depths of sin to being what? Higher. He can take me out of it. Cleanse me from it. Because this is what Christ came to do. A high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Actually much greater than Melchizedek. You see how that works? Because now the fulfillment has come in Christ. That was a type before, but now it's being fulfilled according to Hebrews, in Christ. He is that mediator to take us higher. Let me read something else to you here. This is very cool. Hebrews chapter 7 tells you so much. It's just amazing. So the priests that, that served the tabernacle, they died. But now we have one that does not. Listen to this. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, For under it, the people received the law. What further need was there for another priest? If everything was going to be hunky-dory with that and fine, why do we need another priest? Because people never kept the law. They never kept the the honesty of the law. They never kept the spirit. Didn't Paul say the law is spiritual? I think it's the seventh chapter of uh, Romans. He says the law was spiritual, but that the flesh was weak and couldn't keep it. That was the problem. But the law was still spiritual. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe. You know what Paul was saying? He's saying, where did all the priests come from? Anybody remember the tribe that all the priests came from? Remember I said they didn't receive an inheritance? Levi. That's why I just read the Levitical priesthood. So it was the tribe of Levi, wasn't it? But did Jesus come from the tribe of Levi? No. He came from the tribe of what? Judah. Judah. So what Paul is drawing out here is that, wait a minute. If it was like the old priesthood, he would have come through the Aaronic priesthood, the Levitical priesthood. So this man, evidently, we know that Judah was not the tribe for priests. So he was out of a different time, kind of like Paul, out of a due season. He wasn't part of that family that was supposed to be part of the priesthood, but he came out of Judah, and he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the head of everything, isn't he? And so this is still letting you know, this priesthood that was on the order of Melchizedek, Melchizedek didn't come from any Levi thing either, did he? No descent, no mother, no father, no beginning of days, no end of days. It's letting you know this was something instituted by the Father, instituted by God. This is what God wanted, and this is what he wants for us. You may not think of yourself that way, but eventually you are going to be that. You are going to be a priest interceding and it's going to be interceding for the things in your world. And after you get that completed, you got other worlds to go, guys. You got other stuff that you're going to be interceding for, making intercession for. I even say it this way. There are times God's going to put you in a sin after you've made this thing and send you to what's needed. Somebody or something that needs you so that you can bring them the word of god they take them up higher take them from where they're at and take them higher isn't that true that's what your whole mission is going to be so he testified thou art a priest forever after the order of the order of melchizedek um there was an oath that god did with when he made jesus the high priest the other priests that were made were made without an oath in other words, God wasn't involved in their selection. It was, it was not an oath from heaven. But when Jesus was selected as the high priest, there was an oath. Listen to this. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. So he had a better testament, didn't he? He had a better testament. He ushered in grace and truth, right, in this New Testament. But even in the heavens, he had a better testament. You know why? Because an oath by the Father was made. This is the one that's going to be the high precept, the order of Melchizedek. And he's going to exceed in all things. He's going to cleanse and purify the whole temple, which is you. Everything will be cleansed in it, won't it? This one's going to work from the inside out, isn't it? It's not going to go with a temple made with hands and you have to wash the walls down and the instruments for you know making the offering and so forth. Now he's in your temple. That's why he had to be different. And he made it into your temple to change you, to take you higher, to cleanse your temple from the inside out. It's an inward work so that then you can become a priest and sit on your throne. You'll be the king and the priest in your temple, won't you? Who's going to put you there? You know who's going to put you there. That's if we continue to follow him and we go higher in the things of God. So truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Can't be changed. He's going to hand that over to you. Catch that? This is how you're going to be a priest. That's why I'm saying higher. We're going to be a priest to take care of sin, make intercession for sin. Isn't that true? This is what God is doing for us. For such a high priest became us. um, It was fitting that he should do this. Became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. Oh, we're going higher, huh? This this one that was selected for us, man, he's holy. He knows how to do separate from sinners, huh? Because he never knew sin. Sin wasn't in him. He became sin for us. He was tempted in all points, but he did not sin himself. He had dominion over that flesh, didn't he? To show you that it could be done. He did that through his priesthood, and he did that through being the prophet, and he did that through being the king. King of Salem, king of righteousness. He exhibited all of that to take it higher. So Jesus fulfilled it even greater than Melchizedek did, even though that's who Melchizedek really was. He was a prefigured Christ in the form of the priest. But now he's brought forth grace and truth. And they said, now I can reveal all to you. It was me. And this is what I'm going to do with you. Your temple is going to be cleansed. This is what I like about it. Jesus was the sacrifice. He was the lamb sacrifice. He was also the priest that prepared the lamb. He was also the God that received the sacrifice. (laughs) He fulfilled it all, didn't he? He did, he did the whole work himself. And now he's telling you, now you can do it. I did it. You can do it. Through my anointing, I can have you do that. Now you can do the same thing. You can be king and priest. You can prepare the sacrifice, receive the sacrifice. That's what he did, huh? He did it all. He was the sacrifice. He did it all. We have nothing that we can say, say, well, nothing was provided for us to be able to do this. Hey, guess what? He provided everything. He did it all himself. Now he's telling you, look, see what I've done for you? See how I took you higher? I took you from your sins to a place in the heavenlies if you become the priest you're supposed to be. Because that's your, that's your uh, how would you call it, destiny? Oh, you're going to be that. You know, we read these terms like in in the first chapter of Revelation, kings and priests. What do you think about when you read them? Okay, He says we're going to be kings and priests. What does that literally involve? You're going to have a kingdom and you're going to have a priesthood. You're going to keep the temple. You're going to do all of that in you. That means there's something that has to be done. This way Christ did it, you're going to do it. So in other words, you have higher offices that are going to work in each world. Every one of you, you're going to be the king in your world, king of righteousness, you're going to be king of peace, Jerusalem, city of peace. You're going to be that, aren't you? In you? Well, what is Jerusalem? Is it the wisdom and understanding of God? That's what it is, isn't it? Which is above? Oh, becomes the bride of Christ, and then descends from heaven and becomes the new Jerusalem in, in revelation, huh? Who is that? You're that body of Christ, aren't you? That's why we have to have the love one toward another the way we're supposed to or the body won't be fitly joined together the way it should. You need to love one another. Not be so fast to do what? Split yourself from the brethren or from the body. You can do that very easily, huh? You can have a disdain for your brother. Ooh, that's pretty bad. You can have hatred for him would be angry with them, soon angry, impatient, all of those things. But what did God say? You think about Jesus as the example. Did he do that? No, he didn't do that, huh? And he didn't have a disdain for his brethren either, did he? Hmm. What he did was he loved them so much that he carried them right into apostleship. That's exactly what's going on. So now they're apostles too, huh? And they're prophets too, and they're pastors and teachers and evangelists. All of that is working. They're kings. They're priests. Did they fulfill all of that? They did. Are they angels? Oh, yeah. This is what God has shown us. Your destiny is to go higher. You're going to become all those things. Well, everybody starts thinking, oh, there, there's a work I have to do this. and Oh, that's so much stuff put on me again. You don't do any of it. God doesn't. All you have to do is be faithful and walk in it and allow God to make those changes. Allow him to give you the wisdom and the understanding to take you higher. You will be a high priest. You will be. But you don't have to offer sins, uh, remembrance for sins and sacrifices every year. Not like they did under the law. Now, say the law was what? If it was by the law that you would be made perfect, then there'd be a bunch of perfect people, huh? No, there wouldn't be. because <laughs> They couldn't keep the law. You know what happened? They messed up so bad that, that we wouldn't have a chance at perfection. But now... What God has done, said, ah, so we can't do it by the Levitical priesthood, but we sure can do it by the blood of Christ now. We can do it by the blood of Christ. Oh, now we can be the priest he's calling on, huh? Now we can be the people he's calling on. This is what he's doing. So he's making you better. Isn't that good? There's a better testament that we're in now. Isn't that cool? So we have a better testament, a better life in Christ. An inward walk with him and not an outward in this physical world. Oh, it'll it'll tumble down into this. People will know that you're different. He's kind of peculiar. Why? Because you serve Jesus. You don't do the, the same things the world does. That's what makes it different. So God makes these changes in you. And this is why I said there had to be a change of the priesthood. Not from what they used to do under that law, but now unto what? what we do knowing who Christ is so who do you offer him what do you offer Christ now you you offer him you isn't that what it is now you're the thing that needs to be offered to him so that he can do what with you man he can make you into what he needs you to be if you just allow him to do it so offer yourself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your Reasonable service. But don't think it stops there. You got a priesthood to fulfill. (laughs) You got a kingship to fulfill. Does that make sense? You're going on higher to something else that God has provided for you. It's not something that he just throws a title out there without anything with it. He is actively working to make you that priest and to make you that prophet and to make you that king and to make all those things that he mentions. He's actively working to get you into that. And it's his work, isn't it, by grace? So quit thinking about all this stuff you have to do. You don't have to do nothing except believe. Believe and walk and love God, walk in it, and he'll take you higher. Because it's all him. He did it first, didn't he? He'll take you higher. Anybody got any questions for me about what I said today? Anybody online? Sure. Um, when he says, "I was with you, now I'm going to be in, in you. you," and and to me, it was like you were talking about Melchizedek. We, we knew he was there, and we thought it was a person, but it was the Spirit of Christ walking with us, so we can he can be in us. So that's my question. Oh yeah, it, it is that uh, the whole Bible is in you. Is so is Melchizedek in you? Is Abraham in you? Is uh, the whole thing is Sodom and Gomorrah in you? Oh yeah, <laughs> all of it is in you. Uh, there was a time he said something about he said um, because the Pharisees wouldn't listen to what he was saying. He said it's going to be better for those that were in Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for you. Because you supposedly know God and you don't want to accept him when he comes. When Jesus spoke to him, what they do. See how that works. He said, so it's going to be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for you because you're supposed to be the priest. You're supposed to be the, the people that are leading the people in the worship of God. And you won't accept God when he comes. At least in Sodom and Gomorrah, they didn't try to have any pretense about what they were. They were just sinners, period. And whatever happened, happened to them. But he said, but you say you know. Oh, wait a minute. They said they know, huh? And because they said they knew, their sins remain. See the difference? I know God already. Really? Those people in Sodom and Gomorrah did not, but they would do better than you. You say you know God and you won't accept. In fact, you want to crucify him. You want to kill him. You want to trick him. You want to try and put him. You call him Beelzebub. You call him a devil. You called him a drunkard. All those things were put on Jesus and none of them were true, were they? See, that's what they put on him. So that's the difference between. Yeah, this is all inside of us, Patty. This whole thing is inside of us and what God is doing He's showing you the difference between this and that, righteous and unrighteous, just and unjust. That's what he's doing. And what does the high priest do? Doesn't he decide what's righteous and unrighteous, just and unjust? You're a high priest. you got to let God do what he's going to do with you so you can attain that priesthood and be what God wants you to be. Isn't that cool? This all is inside of us, all of it. Are those kingdoms inside of us? Even the unrighteous kingdoms? They're inside of us, too. You just have to choose the right side, don't you? All that stuff is in us. So uh, uh, what God is showing us is that you have some things that you're going to attain to. You may not have thought of yourself that way, but you have some things that are going to be working in you. And that's what God is bringing us all together in a oneness for right now, for all of this. Because it all comes from Jesus Christ out to you. Isn't that how it works? Let's be together in the oneness and let God take us higher. That's going to be good. Any other questions?